Hello there, and welcome to The K-Word, a professional wrestling podcast all about Sin Cara. I'm Mitch, and joining me today we have Beck. Hello. And we have James. Hello. It is, of course, WrestleMania week, and we've certainly got a lot to say about that. On top of that, Beck's been back on the internet and is going to share her findings from the dark corner of WWE Yahoo Answers. Now, we've got a lot to say, so before I box the intro and get not so subtly replaced by a different podcast host, and no one will know any different, let's do the news. The news this week is probably going to be quick as there's a lot to cover on WrestleMania and most of the news has been building up to that. So the first item I've got is that Zack Ryder, Emma and Eve Marie are all back on the main roster and have got spots on the WrestleMania card. I'm reasonably happy about two of those three. I'm also reasonably happy about two of those. Yeah, I've heard that not many people are happy about Eve Marie. Yeah, she's um, yeah. not very good. She gets a she's a fantastic heel on NXT. If you don't mind that the reason why she's a heel is because the fans don't respect her, and therefore are booing her because they don't want to see her on TV. Oh, and so WWE have made the decision to call her up as a face, which is an option. Like she, and she's been around. She was on the poster for Fastlane, but she, she, I think she was best out of sight and out of mind, and then bringing her back as this kind of, hey, mystery fifth member of the good guys has not gone down well, which... I mean, to be fair, I presume she's going to turn heel. I mean, we'll get to that in a moment, but... Yeah. I, I'm also really happy to see Emma on... Yeah, the main roster. She's so good on NXT every week. Yeah, I'll, I'll take having Eva Marie back if it means that we get to have Emma back. Because, I mean, just as a brief history lesson for those that didn't watch, Emma had a fun gimmick on NXT a couple of years ago and was called up and was given the incredible mega push that is a romance angle with Santino Morella. Oh. And then when that unsurprisingly bombed, they decided that it must be Emma's fault and so they sent her back to NXT. Where she's now doing incredible work as, like... I think I saw someone on Twitter describe her as the uh, the hardcore Holly of NXT <laughs> because of how much she, she... how stiff she works with all the new lasses on NXT. And she does... She literally kills people on, on that show, and I can get behind that. Yeah. I mean, I remember when... Uh, I think it was NXT TakeOver Brooklyn... She managed to accidentally win a fatal four-way match with Dana Brooke, Charlotte, and Becky Lynch when she wasn't meant to, because she did a move uh, like a flying forearm in the corner on Becky Lynch and accidentally legit knocked Becky out for a few seconds. It was long enough for her to get the pin, and Becky couldn't kick out. So I, I hear a lot about the women's NXT. I've got to admit I don't watch NXT. I don't follow it as uh, the main roster at the minute. But would Bailey have been a choice to come in as a face. Is that? I think in this case, Emma and Eva have both been called up for the big multi-woman match. It's kind of it's the spot's not good enough for Bailey. Like she needs to be debuted with a bit more spotlight on her. I think. I think it'd be a waste to have Bailey's main roster debut on this for that match that's on the pre-show. I think she's best off saved for some kind of uh, like save another female wrestler from a heel attack and kind of come in and like 
this that's her push through to SummerSlam. That's when I can see Bailey coming in. It's for Emma and for Eva because both of them have been on WWE before, so they're sort of filling in as the ninth and tenth women. But for Bailey, the fans who don't know who she is wouldn't really get a chance to properly appreciate her. And the fans that would know who she is would be pissed off that she was being wasted in that spot. On the subject of NXT, uh, NXT TakeOver Dallas is happening. Unfortunately, we don't have enough time to go to preview that here, but we might do a show afterwards to cover it by itself. But it's it's looking like it's going to be... The card looks so much stronger than the WrestleMania card from where we're sat at the minute. It's going to be... Like, I, I am so, so much more hyped for NXT TakeOver Dallas than I am for WrestleMania. Uh, it's unreal. Like, when when arguably the worst match on the card, or at least the, the match on the card I'm least looking forward to, involves the debut of one of the best wrestlers in America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm guessing you're talking about Austin Aries versus Baron Corbin there. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say one of the best wrestlers in the world, but I didn't want anyone to think that I... Yeah, you've got that incredibly hyped for Shinsuke Nakamura. Sami Zayn. Yeah, yeah, that card is as stacked as the WrestleMania card is not, basically. (laughs) Yeah, it it looks like it's going to be a really, really good show, and I'm looking forward to doing both nights. I'm looking forward to Friday night and Sunday night a little bit. That should be really good, and perhaps if we've got the time and the energy, we will do a full NXT Takeover Dallas review. Look forward to that in the future uh, the next item of news half the Wyatts are out injured I think it's almost let WWE off really with their yes. terrible booking of the Wyatts for the past year so they killed Luke Harper and he's had to have surgery hasn't he? yes and is Bray Wyatt, he's actually injured is he? well they because say they was yeah they say he's got a back problem and that's why Luke Harper was fed to Brock Lesnar at the fast lane. But then Harper, no, Bray Wyatt was again like opening up the stock exchange on Tuesday morning. Which, mm. That was weird, wasn't it? Seeing the Wyatt family yeah. open the stock exchange. I, I like that they thought we need to send a wrestler or a group of wrestlers over to help open up the stock exchange. Who amongst our card is the least suitable for this role? Oh, no, sorry, Stardust is off doing something else. Who else? Okay, the Wyatts. Yeah, we'll send the Wyatts. The kind of the best news that's come out of the past few weeks is that on the Raw after WrestleMania, the Divas title is going to become the WWE Women's Championship. Yes! Yeah. Renamed a nice new belt. Yeah, I think the the most important thing to say is about fucking time. (laughs) Yeah. Jack, I'd be curious for this one because Beck and I have been having a little bit of a disagreement over how they're going to make the change. I like. I think Beck is like naive and optimistic and not yet burned by WWE's booking and See thinks this think. is what they're going to hold it until the Raw after WrestleMania, when Shane has control of Raw and it's going to be the first squeaky reform will be to say. Get rid of his horrible, sparkly, glittery, patronising butterfly belt. Or get back some proper, serious women's wrestling competition. Whereas I think that um, the authority will still be in power, and I think that Stephanie McMahon will cut a horrible, smug, gloating heel promo 
about how great she is, um, and then say, and as a sign of how great I am, and how the, the Divas Revolution that I started is on such a great course, I'm going to personally rename uh, the Divas Division the Women's Division. Okay. My uh, take on how they're going to do that would be that whoever wins on the the WrestleMania Triple Threat match to be in the ring with her two competitors and said and cut a promo saying last night we wrestled we weren't divas we wrestled we beat the hell out of each other all three of us deserve this title but I've got it and it's not a divas title it's a women's title and then in a kind of act the other two kind of give the belt the nice new belt that's just been unveiled to the champion in a kind of show of respect that's how I think they will do it see I would like that to be how they would do it I just don't think it is how they would do it no, no uh, that would that would be lovely but I think you are most likely right on that one James and finally the biggest news of the week a few uh, episodes ago I said the Edge and Christian show failed on every conceivable level <laughs> You did, I you remember. You don't do things by half measures, do you? No. But I've watched every episode since then, and I've changed my mind. It's Hi. it's good. And it's good because I didn't realise it at the time. Most of the time, it's taking the piss out of us kind of cynical internet people, kind of, oh, WWE is rubbish. And I didn't realise that that's what they were doing. Like, they had a... They had a segment on the last episode where Edge and Christian did a weather report on wrestlers getting buried <laughs> under harsh weather conditions. Um, Dolph Ziggler had nearly got to the top of a mountain and then got buried. <laughs> and uh, who else got hit on it? Zack Ryder had almost overcome the weather by himself, but then got buried. And the best one was like, and Lana's in Florida, but she's feeling a real lot of backstage heat. And you know that because you read it on the internet. And it, I was like, oh no, this, this show has clicked with me now. They're, they're taking the mess out of me for like reading Dave Meltzer and not really believing what he's saying, but kind of going, well, that guy must know what he's talking about. So the Edge and Christian show is funny now. I, I watched the first episode and thought it was not as bad as I was expecting while not being good. And then I watched the first half of the second episode and I thought that was better. And then I had something else I had to do and I haven't gone back to it since. <laughs> but it, it gets a thumbs middle from me. It, it's coming to its and own. Based on your recommendation, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can watch some more and get it converted to a thumbs up. <laughs> Let's do this WrestleMania preview. The prestigious first slot on the pre-show is apparently Callisto, the, the United States champion, versus Ryback for the United States championship. I read an interview with Ryback a few, about two months ago, where he said he's currently pitching ideas to Vince for his solo bout at WrestleMania, and he's got it. But he's also 
on the pre-show. What what how are we feeling about this match? It's a weird pairing. Like it's 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 a bit of a clash of styles, given that Kalisto spent the last three months feuding with Alberto Del Rio to go from ADR to Ryback. It's it is a mismatch and I'm not surprised because this was on the main card and it's been moved down off in the past 24 hours or so. And yeah, it, I'm sure it'll be a serviceable match, but it's not the kind of match that's going to set the world on fire. No. I'm a bit, um, I mean, I hope these guys are still getting sort of the WrestleMania pay despite being bumped to the pre pre show. If they don't. They're probably both competing in the Andre the Giant Memorial Trophy, so we'll get a payday from that as well. Oh, you think they're double dutying? Yeah, you know they're double dutying. Have you yeah, there aren't enough people on the roster, I don't <laughs> Have you noticed that the, the Battle Royal has gone from a twenty man, a 30-man battle to a 20-man battle? So yeah. I, yeah, you were you ambitious with going for 30-man on that, unless you were going to bring a lot of NXT guys in. Yeah, could they even get another 10 guys in? Like, even people who haven't been on TV for months have made it in. Yeah. Uh, predictions for who's going to win this match? WWE like to do meaningless title changes at WrestleMania, so I think I'm going to put my money on Ryback. Okay. I, uh, weirdly, I don't care, even though, you know, it's a title, I'm meant to care, I don't care. Yeah. But I don't know, I mean, by bumping it this far down the card, they basically say they don't care about the title. Like, WWE no, yeah. don't care about it. I was going to say, it's, it says something that last year the United States title match was the John Cena match. And this year it's the match they're putting on the pre-show, before the actual pre-show. Yeah, it's it's weak. The, the only upshot I can say, I think Callista will retain, but the upshot is... Ronaldo's going to call it because Ronaldo's calling all of the pre-show so yeah. at least the commentary will be good yes uh, so yeah, I think Callisto retains um, Beck, how about you? Um, I probably agree with James there'll be a meaningless title change and no one will probably no one will remember because it'll be so early in the night <laughs> so that's enough about the United States Championship let's move on to the match we've already touched on a little it's the Total Divas that is the team of Brie Bella Paige Natalia Alicia Fox and Eva Marie versus Team Bad and Blonde which is Lana Summer Rae Naomi Emma and Tamina in a 10 Diva tag team match bring out the women look at all the women pretty much it's like they they had to offset the fact they had a properly built Divas match later on in the card by having the usual loads of women Divas match on the pre-show. <clears throat> yeah. I, I think it's weird that um, they've gone from Paige calling in backup because she hates the Bellas and Alicia Fox for beating her up so much to Paige teams with Brie and Alicia. Yeah, the entire build to this match has been strange like Lana went out of the way to fight with Brie and I just I don't really get why it's happening like Paige was faced by the virtue of like Charlotte had a decent heel turn yeah and they even hinted at some kind of team up between Paige and Natalia and if they wanted Lana to 
wrestle, which they, they clearly do because they put her in the build-up, why not just tag team it and have like Paige, Natalia versus Lana and Emma, for, say? That could be a really good match. And everyone else in there just feels kind of a bit like noise. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, like, it's kind of shame because Naomi and Tamina are quite, you know, they're perfectly fine. Summer Rae, I'm not a big fan of, but she's okay. Like, for the most part, they're all sort of fine, but there's no reason to care about them. Yeah. And, like, Natalia was really good at Roadblock. Natalia put on possibly match of the night against Charlotte, and it it seems a shame to have a, a kind of veteran, talented performer just kind of get lost in a in a 10-man tag match, 10-woman tag match. What, what do we think? Brie Bella might retire afterwards. Yes. Is the rumour they're going to let her go out of the bang and have the Total Fevers win? What do you reckon? I could see Brie pitting Lana or something for a I triumphant mean, win. The logical thing to do, in my opinion, if, if they've brought up Eva Marie properly and they're not just bringing her up to fill in the numbers, then the logical storyline thing to do is to have Eva turn on the Total Divas and give the victory to Bad and Blonde. But given that that's the logical thing to do, I think you're probably right, Beck. Whatever happens in this match, I'd like it to build so that on Raw the next day there is potentially a second women's feud going on. So whether that is Eva Marie turns heel and then feuds with Natalia or whatever, that's and it's revealed that Eva Marie was the one who attacked Natalia six months ago. Fine. Yeah. Like, I, I'll I'll buy that. It clearly wasn't in your plan, but it looks like there's a storyline going there. So I, I honestly don't care who wins this match. No, I, I don't care that the match is happening. So it's difficult to get who wins. As long as my three favourites don't get pinned, I literally don't care. The, the favourites being Natalia Page and Emma. As, as long as those guys don't don't look bad... That's fine. Well, Emma will look bad and blonde. Oh, yeah. The third match on the pre-show, which is the Usos, Jimmy Uso and Jay Uso versus the Dudley boys, Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon Dudley. Talk about one of the classic rivalries. Yeah. It's it's weird. In, the, in a way, it's been well built in that they've been feuding for a while, but they've never sort of stepped up the feud like it's sort of been on the same level for like two months and i don't really care about the fact that they're having the payoff match because for starters the way wwe is at the moment you know that they'll probably do a rematch of this exact match on the raw after wrestlemania like this is the exact candidate for one that they'll just immediately give away a rematch of and then secondly it's just a tag match like this is nothing that we haven't seen a million times before. Yeah. And both of the teams are kind of stuck in a bit of a rut. Like, I I only think the Dudley boys are doing themselves as a team damage since coming back. I, yeah. I'm growing less and less fond of them every time I see them on my TV, which if you told me that in 
2001, I'd have been like, no way, man, the Dudleys will be cool forever. Devon, get the tables. I'm like, <laughs> it, it makes me cringe now. And I just think, like, you had, I'm going to say it, the greatest, uh, like, triple threat tag team rivalry ever. And they don't seem to be doing anything by coming back. They're not putting over anyone else new. They're not really exciting. Yeah. I, I assumed they were going to come back to do something rather than just to be another team. But no, they're just being another team. I'm, I'm amazed that this match has managed to make it onto even the pre-show just because it feels so filler. The Usos will probably win it to raise their status a bit but even so we've seen the Usos versus the New Day a thousand times before by now there just doesn't seem to be any space to make a new tag team because the Dudley boys are kind of just there and it's like well we're paying them a lot of money the classics we've got to keep them around I'll go the Dudleys winning and then the Usos winning in a rematch on Raw the next night. Okay. Game for either team. <laughs> and Beck, what what are you saying for this match? I don't know. I kind of have a soft spot for both teams, to be honest, because I, I only found out quite recently that the Usos are Rikishi's sons, and Rikishi's probably one of my favourites. Whenever the Usos are on TV, I just kind of zone <laughs> out a bit, like. The... When they say oos, you don't say say oh. No. Like, the the luchas, and they go, lucha, lucha. I'm, I'm there at home, and I'm lucha in a way, but... It comes to Jack, he's got a mask on. He's <laughs> loving it. <laughs> yeah, I just can't, I can't get, but I can't get behind the Usos at all, but, like, if they did the worm, maybe I would. <laughs> oh, that's... Have you seen... That's learning from Uncle Scotty Too Hotty. Have you seen what Scotty Too Hotty looks like now? No. Oh, he he looks... He's got... He's gone wrong. And he looks old. But he's still doing the worm. And it... It just makes... Last time I saw him, he looked basically the same, but a bit more leathery. Yeah. And dead behind the eyes. And it makes me really sad, because we're all going to die. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I intend on living forever. No, oh, it's, it's just like a, he looks really, he looks more caught in the year 2000 than Fred Durst, which is a situation you shouldn't be in. Like Scotty too hotty. Oh. Anyway, I'd much rather it was uh, too cool versus the Usos. Amazing. <laughs> that that's. That is a kind of attitude. That's a huge you can build a WrestleMania match around. Damn it. <laughs> it really is. Right. That's enough about boring tag team matches. So let's move on to the first match we've got for our WrestleMania card, which is a three on four handicap match between the New Day and the League of Nations for presumably the, the, the WWE tag titles. What do we think of this one? I'm intrigued because. Like, the match itself, I, first, I think the New Day versus Barrett and Sheamus was a bit of a letdown because the New Day were playing faces out of nowhere. But then the match they had 
on Raw of the New Day versus Del Rio and Rusev I thought was really good. Um, and I think that I like everyone in this match to an extent. And so it should be good. Yeah. On the other hand, it's kind of the New Day. I'm a, I'm starting to come off the boil on the New Day. Like now that they've gone face, it feels like their stuff is more designed to be stuff that kids can laugh at rather than stuff that's funny and weird. You mean bootios don't have like intergenerational appeal? Well, it's not just the bootios. They're more than the bootios. <laughs> Uh, this was the match that when I saw it, I looked at the WrestleMania card and I went, you know what? That's a match I'm, in- I'm interested in. I do. I, I like all the people wrestling in this match. I think it could actually be a really good match. P- potentially a nice WrestleMania swan song for Wade. Uh, Wade. Um, our our favourites. Yeah. And Sheamus. Also possibly on his way out, according to rumours. According to rumours, yeah. Which would be a shame. Us. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that coming. How did I not see that coming? While we're talking about rumours, I've heard that WWE want to push the New Day to the next level and are going to do something big in this match. And I have no idea what that is, but it scares the hell out of me. Mark Henry. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by the next level? Like, like I... they want to push them up the card. Maybe get, maybe move Big E up into like feuding for a title or something. Cool. Are they the new Shield? They can't push them that hard. Like Big E can't be fighting Reigns for the WWE title because they're both faces. Faces now. Well, the fans won't know who to cheer. Yeah. <laughs> Like, the the writing on the wall is that the New Day have to change their act up a bit, so I wouldn't mind seeing Big E getting a push. But what's what's he going to do, fight Ryback for the US title? I, who knows, you know? Like, th- this is just what I heard, is that they're wanting to push them. The, other, the more outlandish theory that I heard is that it won't be a three-on-four handicap match, and that uh, a surprise person will appear to align with the New Day against the League of Nations, and that will be a WrestleMania moment, and that that person will be The Rock. Wow. Okay. I don't know if The Rock would agree to do that. Yeah, can The Rock get insured for that? I don't know if The Rock can get insured for that, and if he was going to come back to do it, like, I don't know why they wouldn't advertise the fact there was going to be a Rock match. And I don't know why The Rock would agree to be part of an eight-man tag team match with no build-up to him being involved in the eight-man tag team match. Although, on the network, The Rock is in, like, the the main promo that I seem to see for WrestleMania. Yeah, has it's like it around The Rock, even mm-hmm. though he's not actually sort of advertised to do anything specific. If, if he does, you know, put on a pair of bootios, amazing. <laughs> he laces up his bootios. <laughs> Yeah, that would uh, be quite something after two once-in-a-lifetime matches with Cena. Yeah, it's in a lifetime and twice in a lifetime. Let, let me let me sell you on this idea, Jack. Okay. The Rock comes back. He does an awesome promo with the New Day that isn't corny in any way because they're just too good and they overcome any potential to be corny and they're amazing and they're going back and forth. And then they have the match against the League of Nations and it's awesome and 
everyone in it is awesome, and The Rock's laying the smack down, and then he turns around, boom, bull hammer elbow from Barrett. <laughs> two, three, King Barrett pins The Rock at WrestleMania. And he says, I am not the king, I am bad news, Barrett. <laughs> and the little inflatable podium comes up in front of him. Well, out, you know, it comes up out of the ring. Out of the ring. <laughs> so just sort of, like, the idea that The Rock would join the New Day, wouldn't that give Roman Reigns a connection to the New Day? Yeah, maybe that that could be Biggie's in for the feud with Reigns coming up <laughs> from WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, because Reigns could, you know, have turned heel and be jealous that The Rock is teaming with the New Day and not him. Yeah. If Roman Reigns was a surprise entrant on the side of the New Day, would people cheer him? No. <laughs> so they'd just boo the New Day and cheer League of Nations? No, no. they'd cheer the New Day, they'd boo Reigns. Yeah, every time Reigns tagged in, they go boo, and every time he ch- tagged out, they'd be yay. The thing I'm looking forward to in this match is Kofi Kingston doing something crazy. Yeah, that's I'm I'm well up for that. Uh, it happens every WrestleMania and every Royal Rumble. He does a he does something crazy. That that will be good. I think this match is going to be good, and I think. To switch it up, the League of Nations are going to win it. Interesting. Because if it's for the titles, who among them would then be the champions? Would it be a, like a four-way freebird rule? No, that's your feud going forward. Oh, you think the League of Nations win it and then argue over the... I, I like that. Yeah, because then if, if a couple of them are scheduled to leave, it gives it a reason to implode, doesn't it? Yeah. And the New Day get their rematch, which they... They win by disqualification because whoever the two of the League of Nations end up wrestling, they get attacked by the other two, and that's then your tag team. That's two new tag teams made: the League of Nations and the real League of Nations. Nice, can, I like this. Can we start calling Barrett leaving Brexit? <laughs> <laughs> Only if it's the tainted Brexit. <laughs> it's just like using this as like a sort of um, a, a parable, like a metaphor for Brexit. What would happen <laughs> to you if the UK leaves? It's so sweet that you imagine the WWE booking team gives one shit about the EU and Britain. But the, the League of Nations was the forerunner of the EU, right? I mean, that's what happened. Oh, wait, oh, this is so good. I've got this all planned out. You've got your fanfic all ready to write. I have. That's another thing I want to bring up. Can we stop calling Alberto Del Rio Alberto? Like, Del Rio and Rusev is so much more badass than Alberto Del Rio and Rusev. Let's stop having people having first names when they're lame. They, they have done their best to eliminate as many first names or surnames as possible. Yeah, Adrian Neville was a lot better when he didn't sound like Adrian Mole. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what kind of first name is that? Better to just call him Cesaro. Yeah, it it, it all works. And the the worst one is Alberta. He sounds like my granddad. And it sounds like a shampoo. And he looks incredible. If he was called Del Rio, I would I'd buy him a lot more than his first name. I'm sorry. Well, he doesn't have Ricardo Rodriguez announcing him. The need to have the Alberto is a lot less than it was. I think the League of Nations are going to win. What about you guys? 
No, I probably. I did think the new day, but you've completely sold me now, Jack. <laughs> I just want to see the League of Nations implode, and the commentators to be like, "This is why everyone should just be American." Oh God! That's... <laughs> yeah, they do play every Irish person as just wanting to fight. And most of the British people. There are other Irish people. Oh, Hornswoggle is Irish, right? Yeah. And like Finley, whose uh-uh. music began, My name is Finley and I love to fight. <laughs> there is one Irish person who, who who's slightly more complicated than just loves to fight. But it, it hasn't made it up to the main roster yet. Finn Baylor? Yeah. He, he's, I guess there's Becky as well, isn't there? Yeah, she's the last kicker. So she loves to fight women. And yeah. wear steampunk goggles. Yeah. The last kicker name really bothers me because it only makes sense if you view half of it from an Irish standpoint and half of it from an American standpoint. <laughs> it would be the last kicker. But that then isn't a thing. Because the Irish say arse. Yeah. Not ass. <laughs> so nice. she's she's kicking what, female donkeys? <laughs> she's just playing it straight, she doesn't know it's a pun. Yeah, oh, she's just a last kicker, and if other people think it sounds like some other thing, then that's their problem. Yeah, like she she just likes kicking lasses. Like I think that's that's all right, isn't it? She doesn't do that many kicks though. She's more of a you know a thrower and a grappler and a. <laughs> the last grappler sounds. Yeah, the last grappler. Well, I don't see what's wrong with this. <laughs> that's Ric Flair's name isn't it (laughs) (laughs) let's go to the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal as we mentioned earlier it's no longer a 30 man because presumably they realised they couldn't fit they don't have the roster for 30 men it's only a 20 man battle royal now and the early favourites are looking like Kane and Big Show yeah well I mean Big Show in particular is so big how can anyone throw him over the top rope it's kind of nice that the memorial to an old giant is being built around two of the <laughs> oldest men on the roster who are two of the largest men on the roster. Yeah. It's like it's kind of nicely meta. You know, I've changed I've softened on the big show. I watched him on the Stone Cold podcast and I I really like him. I like I like him as a person and I I, do, I feel bad when people do him now. I like him as a person, but that doesn't mean I have to be happy that he's on my TV. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he just laughed and said, like, I win maybe, like, I've won, like, ten matches in the past two years. Uh, like, I'm here now to put other people over, and they need a monster for the face to fight, I'm there. They need uh, a heel to look good, I'm there. And I was like, yeah, I get you now, Big Show. I get why you've been booked terribly. Because... Yeah, but that's the thing. He's like silly putty. He's just like moulded to whatever they need at that moment, isn't he? You yeah. can still see all the marks of fingerprints from the previous times they've done it. Dirty silly putty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've changed my mind on the Big Show. But I don't think he's winning this match. They can't just have them win two years in a row. I mean, that would kind of question why they're still bothering to do the Battle Royale each year. Yeah. It's it's the passing of the torch, isn't it? Braun Strowman. 
Glenn Strong, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's the the sad truth of this match is that Braun Strowman's going to win it. Um, well, he was rumored to be facing the Undertaker this year, wasn't he? And then vanished. They saw their sen- They came to their senses. We we said our piece on Strowman before. He's learning on the job. He's learning on live TV a lot of the time, yeah. and he's not very good. But he is exactly what the WWE love, which is a huge man. Yeah. And that the only reason I can think that he they the Wyatts were on the stock exchange earlier is that one of the Wyatts is going to do something incredible. Um, that's got to be Braun. There are two options for what the Whites are going to do, and by far the less damaging one is winning the Andre Battle Royal. Oh, God. What if The Rock wins it? (laughs) The Rock returns into being the Battle Royal. And he holds up the trophy aloft and he's thrilled, and then he turns around and boom, bullhammer. I would love it if they built to a kind of career versus career match between Wade Barrett and The Rock at SummerSlam. Um, <laughs> yes! That's Wade Barrett's exit from the company. That would be incredible. Is is, uh, is SummerSlam in Florida this year? I really hope it is, so that it's not far for Wade to get to TNA the next day. <laughs> Oh, come on. Surely he's got to do something better than TNA. And we don't even know if TNA will be around in the summer. We don't know that TNA's around. (laughs) I hope he comes back to Preston so I can, like, become his friend. (laughs) It's only down the road for you, isn't it, Preston? Half an hour car journey for me to get to Preston. Like, if if Wade Barrett comes back to the Northwest, like, I'm going to go to every wrestling show that comes up and eventually... To him in a bar, yeah. Hey, hey, Wade, want to go and see the fool with me? Exactly, exactly. We'd totally buy him a promo if we met him. Oh yeah, right? I'd, I'd buy Wade a pint and be like, Wade, you want to bring me backstage at your next show? And then I'll be given the book for a <laughs> uh, a Northwest Wrestling promotion, and it's all about your plan feud between him and The Rock. Yeah, and he will love you. <laughs> yeah. And then next up is WWE Creative, isn't it? Uh, sorry, you have to be the son of a uh, beloved uh, retired wrestler to do that. Oh, damn it. Wade will foster Jack as his son. No, we <laughs> <laughs> last time. Uh, look, there's He's a danger it will go badly, admittedly. Uh, let's have Shane McMahon versus The Undertaker, the first of our three headline matches. Oh, boy. There's a lot to unpack here. There's simultaneously a lot to unpack here and nothing to unpack here. This is the problem. Yeah, it's it's overbooked, but painfully obvious how it's going to go. How do you think it's going to go? I think The Undertaker is going to win. But, like, okay, here's the problem with this. There's no outcome that makes sense. Huh? Because... If Shane, like, so, okay, Vince said to The Undertaker, if you don't win, you're never coming back to WrestleMania. Yes. But if Shane wins, he gets control of Raw. Yes. So he could basically say to The Undertaker, and they've built up as controlling Raw is controlling the company. So Because no one watches SmackDown. Shane could easily say to The Undertaker, 
doesn't matter if you lose. I'll be the one in charge. That's null and void. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And doesn't Shane have in a box some secret that Vince doesn't want to get out? Yeah, but Shane gives up that secret if he doesn't win this match. Why? I don't know. That's... Okay. You're on WWE creative now. Defend your choice. Would um, you not be like, actually, thinking about it, no? Yeah, I've got no incentive to wrestle The Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell match when I just still actually have the secret in the box. I hope there's a box in the Hell in a Cell. I hope Shane brings it to the ring with him. What, like The Undertaker's urn? Yeah. He brings this little box... I also hope Shane's dressed as the Undertaker to take the piss out of him. Yes, like a <laughs> fake Undertaker. That'd be amazing. <laughs> so down with this. Or dressed as fake Kane. That would be funny as if Shane came down in a Kane mask. <laughs> By God, that's gotta be Shane! <laughs> it would also kind of call back to Kane being fake Diesel. But then, like, having all of these stipulations on who wins and who loses means that I don't know who I want to win, and I don't care who I want yeah, to win. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, is they've overbooked it so much that I just, in my mind, I've just mentally written the whole match off. Because it's clear that there's got to be story afterwards, even if it's just a throwaway, well, that's that then. So as a result, there's no... Yeah. If Undertaker wins then nothing has progressed whatsoever. We're in exactly the same situation as we were before. Oh, but the Undertaker is slightly pissed off that he did Vincent Rand's bidding. Yeah, but he won't show up again until the next WrestleMania, and he's an old man. He'll have forgotten about it by then. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the authority will still be in power. Shane will sod off again, because he's for no adequately explained reason happily given up the contents of his lockbox but if Shane wins then presumably they won't do the logical in story thing of Shane being like well I never said the Undertaker couldn't come back and I'm in charge now it'll just be oh the Undertaker's gone and it will be a legendary career ended by one of the shittest builds to an important match that's ever happened yeah, the they the excitement of Shane McMahon returning was incredible, but they they built it and booked it so horribly since then that you just think, why? Like there was so much potential for a really great match. Like I don't know, triple threat Hell in a Cell, stick Vince in there. Vince is crazy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You want to kill the man? Yes. <laughs> I think there are upsides. I mean, surely, wouldn't it be a bit slightly better if Vince had said, all right, you have to face the Undertaker, and the Undertaker had gone, no, I'm better than this. Yeah. Or um, if, if Shane had said, no, I've got this box of this secret that you don't want the world to know. Yeah. Yeah. And both of them could have refused, and Vince would have looked stupid, it would undermine the authority, it would have been fun, but instead we've got... Yeah, Undertaker is doing it, and the reason they've given in storyline is that he has to, because Vince is the owner of the company, and it's like, but in the past Undertaker has fought Vince one-on-one. He's a wizard, didn't he try and sacrifice Stephanie McMahon? 
yeah, but to be fair, that was with Vince's uh, secret blessing. Okay, because nineteen ninety nine Russo booking. Yeah. Some Stannis Baratheon. <laughs> well, speaking of Stannis Baratheon, Vince is willing to sacrifice his son to make WrestleMania a thing. And the high point of this match is going to be Shane McMahon doing something mental. It's probably Shane, off the top of the cell, yeah, right? Shane's presumably going to McFoley it. Like, they gave away the spot of him elbow-dropping Undertaker through an announce table on the Raw before WrestleMania. Yes. So it's got to be a bigger spot than that. And there's a cell there. Shane's going off the top of it. He's got to. Yeah. Which the, pro- the thing is, the fact that we are all saying he's got to, it's going to make it less of a moment than it should be when it happens. Yeah, because the, the surprise of Shane McMahon's kind of stuff when he was a younger madman was that it was like, we're used to seeing him in a suit or doing a silly dance. Yeah. It's like, now he's getting beaten up by Steve Blackman and pushed off things. So... Yeah, the the amount of pain Shane McMahon can take is reasonably exciting. Yeah, I remember before the fast lane, sorry, before Roadblock, um, our episode we did then that uh, we talked about Shane's return then, and we we're all sort of saying it doesn't make any sense yet, but I'm looking forward to seeing where it will go. I'm excited. I'm not excited about this anymore. No. I wonder if like, they, they hinged this on something else, like Shane had got to pick someone to face the Undertaker, and then he interfered in the match which involved him falling from a great height, either off the cell or from the bloody, what's it called, the Titan Tron or whatever, yeah. to interfere with the match in a stupid, insane, suicidal spot. Yeah. Right? There's so many ways they could have done this that were better. And like, just to do a couple of quick fire points. First of all, Shane McMahon's punches look awful, yeah. and The Undertaker selling Shane McMahon's punches looks really awful, and I never want to have to see that again, and we're going to have to see it when we watch the match. Yeah. Also, if Shane McMahon wins, and The Undertaker is retired, do they expect us to give a shit about whatever follows it on the show? Because they they don't seem like this match is going on last. They built up Roman Reigns versus Triple H as the main event. On yeah, they've they've said Roman's going on last. So are they? Is their plan to? They know Roman Reigns is going to get the crap booed out of him. So they're going to have the Undertaker get retired in the match beforehand. So the fans are too shocked to give a shit. Or are they just gonna? Therefore, have Undertaker win and nothing happens, and the fans are pissed off and boo Roman even more. Like, I, I don't get I think, how it's I think, a good idea. I think I think what will happen is The Undertaker will win, Shane will go away, but Stephanie will still be feeling betrayed by her dad and will get so much more authority angle of her being like, well, daddy, blah, blah, blah. Because... I don't really understand. She's not going to let it go, right? She still feels betrayed by the fact that her dad had this secret and mm. had promised some of it to Shane because he said, I never left the line of succession or whatever. Uh, so I reckon that's what's going to happen. And we're going to get those more. So you, you've, changed, you've, changed, you've changed your mind about the women's title then? You don't think Shane's going to do it in a sweeping reform anymore? No, no. I mean, 
We, we've successfully made you cynical in the last half an hour. No, no, I mean, that was that was my idea for it. You know, I had to provide some kind of... Uh, uh, I'm hedging my bets okay. on this. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't, that wasn't me trying to sting at you. I just, I, I like the idea that half an hour ago you were happy and excited about the prospect of Shane winning and now we've just pointed out all the horrible things. No, 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 this is what I've been thinking about for a while. I, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think that, yeah, it will result in Shane leaving... But his sort of digging at Vince, transferring to Stephanie, mm. and it being just more McMahon shit forever. Until yeah, more McMahon shit forever. That's, that's what we all love, right? Until that's what Triple H literally kills Vince. That's like the ultimate face turn. <laughs> Do you think they'll end WrestleMania with? Vince comes out and congratulates Triple H on retaining or congratulates Roman on being the new champion, having successfully seen his son sacrificed to the gods of WrestleMania earlier in the night, and he strolls out to the back and gets in his limo and then it explodes. That, I would love to see that, <laughs> except for the fact that of what happened last time. So, that was one of our headline matches. Join us in part two as we go over the rest of the WrestleMania card and have some Yahoo answers. Mm-hmm.